today and it's great. Come on, say with me today, I like giving. Come on, say that with me. I like giving. For some of you, you know what, that's probably not true. Come on, I'm just being honest. For some of you, that's probably not true right now because you don't like it. You're kind of struggling still with giving and therefore you don't really do it. It's hard because you disagree with it because you feel it's not scriptural. I worked hard for it, so why should I do all these kind of things? It's mine. Thank you very much. But today, you know, and every time as we preach the word, we're going to pray in a few moments that God would just bless this word. But you know, every time we preach a message to you today, we never stand here to condemn you. Come on, we're not here to condemn. We're here to encourage you and present to you the truths from God's Word and, and give to you today specifically a big biblical viewpoint of giving. And we just believe wholeheartedly that when you receive this today, when you hear this today and you have an obedience and are willing to give, that you're going to see a new freedom come to your life. You're going to see blessings that come. Come on, I love giving. I'll be the first one to tell you, Kelly and I absolutely love to be able to give to God. It's a privilege. We say we get to give. That's how we feel. We don't have to give. We get to give. It's a privilege to bring back to God the portion of everything He's blessed us with, our tithe. You know, the IRS blessed Kelly and I this week. Anyone received any blessings from the IRS this last few months? Isn't that nice when the IRS just says, hey, you've been really nice. I'm going to give you a check. And... um, we received a blessing this week, actually, on Friday. And, and while Kelly and I, I was out on a hot date on Friday. I went out with my girlfriend, who was also my wife. I love her so much. And we went out on a hot date to Mike Anderson's. And we had to wait like an hour. I mean, what's the deal with that? I mean, it was good food, but man, an hour wait. But I was there with good company, so we had a great time just hanging out together. But, you know, while we were waiting, Kelly said, you know what? The IRS gave us some money today. I said, cool. I said, let's pay our tithes right now got our phones out and we texted 30131. Come on, it's a great way to do it. We put in HFLC and we put in 10%. We put in $350,000. That was our 10% of what the IRS gave us back. And um, that's why I'm wearing a bow tie today. I'm celebrating now money plan. And um, man, that would be nice. How many would like to be able to tithe $350,000? Come on, come on. Well, you need to tithe on $3.50 first. Come on, because if you want to get to there, you've got to start right there. Amen. Come on, we don't start there. We start right where we're at. But what a great opportunity. We don't have to wait till Sunday. That always bothered me. I always hated having to wait to give to God because I just love it. I'm the kind of person... 
that's kind of random at times, just, man, bam, if I feel like it, man, let me just do it. And I just love that. Kelly says I'm dangerous with the text given, you know. I may just text and just give every day. Who knows? It's just a great opportunity for us. But today we're going to look at a two-way test. Come on, say with me a two-way test. Two-way test and how we're going to discover the fact that giving is a two-way test, that when we tithe, we put God to the test. Come on, when we tithe, we put God to the test. Would you pray with us today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. It's an honor and a privilege to be here in your house. And God, we pray that your blessing would be upon us today in everything that we say, everything that we do. God, we just give you all the praise and the glory. And we ask that you would touch our hearts, that you would touch our lives. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So come on, how are you doing today? You doing okay? Come on, tell me, come on, give me some feedback today. Remember, the quieter you are, the longer I preach. So how's everyone doing today? Fantastic. There you go. We're about an hour and a half right there. So you better start responding to get the time down. I said, how many are doing good today? Man, we're up to two hours. Come on, we're we're getting longer. Come on, we're going to be having lunch together. I said, how's everyone doing today? Fantastic. Just relax and take notes and open up your heart to what I believe are great biblical truths. If you have your Bibles today, turn to Malachi chapter 3. It's kind of strange to say if you have your Bibles turned. Most people today have got it on their phones or they're just too lazy to bring out their Bible. They just follow on the screen. But that's okay. We've got you covered. And Malachi 3 verse 6 through 10 says this, For I am the Lord and I do not change. Now that's really important to note. Come on, that's really important to know and realize. I am a God and I don't change. And it's especially important when you read the next part. It says, therefore, I have not consumed you. Come on, aren't you glad that God's not changing, that he could consume me, but he won't because he loves you. I'm glad that God doesn't change. Verse 7, yet. Say with me, yet. Yet, Yet, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinance. I'm a God, I don't change. I love you. I'm there for you. Yet, there's a problem. God says there's a problem. And you have wandered away from my ordinances. You know, ordinance is one of those big words, but let me simplify it. It's a principle of ordinary behavior. It's a principle of ordinary behavior. Therefore, something that we should be living constantly in our life, the ordinance of giving back to God. And you have not kept them. You haven't kept the ordinance, so you're not following proper behavior is what he says. Therefore, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. That really there is a gospel message. Come on, that's the gospel message right there. That's the heart of God. God's not wanting to be separated from us. He says, you've wandered away from me, but return to me so what? I can be in fellowship and I can be in communion once again with you. Verse, reading on it says, but you said, in what way shall we return? God is saying this, what way shall you return? We're to return to a God who never changes. Remember that key point. Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. This is God speaking. You have robbed me. But again, you may say, in what way have we robbed you? And the answer is in tithes and. Say and. In tithes and offerings. Two different things. Don't want to jump ahead. But tithe is determined by God what we should give. Come on, it's a tenth. It's one 
tenth of everything we have. We don't pray about our tithe. We should know our tithe. That's God's. And we don't ever bring our or give our tithes. We bring it because we're bringing back. But then there's the offering. The offering is that which is above the tithe. And really, the offering is the only time that we really begin to give to God. Come on, you've gone quiet on me. Tithing is bringing. Offerings is giving. That's why I always like to round up the tithe. Why? Because I want to throw in an offering of giving to God and everything we do. Verse 9, so you are cursed with a curse. Haven't got time to revisit that, but what's really been implied here is this. Curses are the consequences that you bring upon your life through robbing God, through not tithing, he says, and not giving of offerings. So the wrong decisions or decisions, period, bring consequences for our lives. That's life. Come on, isn't it? That's life. Decisions bring consequences. So why are we cursed, you would say? For you have robbed me. I want you to see something. You have stolen from God. It doesn't mean that you've taken money out of the pocket of God. That's not what he's meaning. And that's what we can think so many times. When someone has stolen from me, it means that they have taken something that I possess away from me. That's not what God is saying there. God is saying this. Can you see his heart of love? You will after this. Are you ready? God is saying that you have robbed from me the opportunity that I want to bless you with. Come on, you haven't taken from my ability because it's still there, but you have stopped the opportunity for me to be able to bless you. So it's almost like God wanted to bless you and you slap the hand and push it away. That's what you've done when you're robbing God of the opportunity that he has, which he wants to bless your life. And he says, and not only have you robbed me, you've robbed other people, even this whole nation. Do you see how it affects those around us too? Verse 10, so bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse is your church. Storehouse is not local television ministries, radio ministries, outreach. Your storehouse is biblically the church. And that's where the tithe belongs in your church. And here's why. The Bible says that there may be food in my paths. Come on, every Sunday you come and you eat a meal. Come on. Not talking about the donuts and the nice stuff. Anyone have one of those donuts and some, what was it? Some bananas and, and muffins and all that good stuff. But we're talking about food today. We're eating right now at the table of life. We're eating from the bread of life. And here's our passage today. Are you ready? And try me now in this. I like how the New King James says it. Prove me in this. Try me. Test me. Prove me, says the Lord of hosts. Who? The God who never changes. Remember that. A God who never changes. Prove me. Try me. Test me. And here's the test. Are you ready? If you do, then I will. It's the two-way test. If you do, then I will. Or really, when you do, then I will. I will open up for you the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven. And I will pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. Man, you've got to shout amen from that one right there. Come on, I will pour out for you such blessings, there won't be room enough to receive it. Again, not a God of waste, but a God of surplus. For what reason? To give you so you now have something to give to other people too. That you can be blessed to be a blessing. And I love that. 
And you should love that because that's God's promise for your life. That when you give, when you tithe, God says, I now will open up the two-way test. When you do, God says, I will do. So in a nutshell, what have we just read? Let's paraphrase all of that. We've read that tithing is an ordinance, which is an ordinary principle of behavior. Therefore, something part of everyday living. We rob God through not being obedient to do it. When we withhold from God, we're withholding his hand of blessing that wants to bless our lives. And as a result, we bring consequences. We are cursed with a curse, it says, upon our lives. But every one of us can take the test because that's what tithing is. It's a test. Come on, say with me, a test. Come on, no one likes taking tests. I I don't care who you are, man. No one really. And if you do like taking tests, then pray for all of us because you must be absolutely incredible. No one really likes a test. But tests are important in life, aren't they? Come on, I said tests are important in life because they determine a lot of things about our lives, the lack or the needs or the areas that we need improving. And money, period, is one of the biggest tests that we will ever face in our life. Jesus talks about money and wealth three times more in parables than anything else in the Word of God. Can you believe that? More than heaven and more than faith, He talks about money. Why? Because He knows money is the greatest test that you and I will face. And it determines the stewardship over whatever he has given us. Come on, how many people in here are paid once a month? Come on, let me see your hand. Put your hand up, you're paid once a month. There you go. Cool, how many people here are paid every two weeks? Come on, every couple of weeks. Awesome. How many people are paid every week? Come on, let me see that. How many people are not paid at all? Come on, only playing. Okay, okay, okay. Why did you do that? That's your test. Some of you are tested once a month. Some of you are tested twice a month. Some of you are tested four times a month. Because it's a test of what you're going to do. Look at the scripture, Matthew 6, 21. It says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to leave that scripture up there because the problem is many people misquote that scripture. Many people say, well, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Have you ever heard it quoted like that? Many times. But the Bible clearly says that it's your treasure before your heart, not the heart before the treasure. Why? Because your heart will be what you, or at what you treasure the most in your life. It's that which will, your heart will be, okay? So your heart follows the treasure. In other words, what you put first in your life, what's a major thing of your life, your major interest, your major, that's your treasure, And the Bible says that your heart will be there. You know, unfortunately, for many people, their treasure is Chase Bank. Come on, for many people, their treasure is American Express. It's their mortgage company. It's their car payment. It's their phone bill. Why? Because that's what they put first. When the test comes in order to give, that's the first checks. That's the first payments that we make. And the last time I checked, Chase Bank, American Express, mortgage companies, insurance companies, they don't possess any ability to bless your life. Come on. 
Come on, they don't possess an ability to... They, they don't send you nice things to say, hey, you know what, you've just been so good lately. Hey, just don't pay me for six months and we'll just write it off. Come on, they don't say stuff like that, do they? They say that when you're two minutes late, they, they fine you $25 because you've been late. They, they, they just want to take from you. They're about taking, taking, taking. But we are living for a God that's about giving, giving, giving and wants to pour back into us. So it doesn't take long in our lives to look at where our treasures are. There's two ways I think we can really determine where our treasures are. Number one, by the time we invest into something, can show what we treasure in our lives. And then secondly, by our bank statements, by our checkbooks, that which we invest into. And we're going to talk about the fact next week that God has to be first. Come on, say with me, God has to be first. God has to be first. And this is why tithing represents a test for every Christian. The test is this, will I honor God first with what I have? Not giving the leftovers. Because that's the test, isn't it? Will I put God first or will I give him what's left if there is anything left? Come on, you know I'm preaching to you today. Come on, you know I'm preaching the truth to you today. It's a test and it's a big test and it's a test that much depends upon because as Kara said, it's a test of the heart. It's a heart test to see where your heart is. Listen, you can give without heart. Come on, you can give without love. Come on, that. But you cannot love and have a heart and not give. Come on, it's impossible not to give to what you love. And it's a test of our hearts. And, And here's the dilemma that I have when I teach on things like this and I talk to people and I hear the stories from people. Here's my dilemma. Why would anyone want to argue and be unwilling to do this? That's my dilemma. Why would anyone be unwilling to do this and to give a portion to God when God has given everything to you? Absolutely everything. Hasn't withhold anything from you. And here's the reason why I think many of us are resistant to that or we don't want to do that is because we want to take all the credit for everything we have. Come on, we want to take the credit for our house. We we just want to stand out front and just wave at everyone driving past and say, yeah, I live here. Come on, I've got a good job. We just want to take credit for that nice car. We want to take credit for the things that we have earned, that we've worked hard for. Come on, I did it. I've been successful. And you know what? That may be true, that you have been successful. And we pray that you will be successful. Listen to me. We want people to be blessed. And God wants you to be blessed. But you've got to be reminded today, your blessing isn't because of your parents. Your blessing isn't because of your teachers or the school or the college or the books or the internet. Come on. Your blessing is not through Google and all these kind of things. Come on now. Your blessing comes directly from God. Because God is the one that gave you the brains and the smarts and the know-hows and the abilities. Where do you think that came from? came from God. God wove you. He knit you perfectly in your mother's womb and gave you every one of those abilities. So therefore, everything that we have comes by way of God and we are tested in that. And will you, will I honor God with that? I mentioned earlier quickly that tithe means one-tenth, one-tenth, one-tenth. Why it is a tenth, I, I really don't know. I, I can, I can kind of put some guesses out there. Here's one of my guesses. It's easy math. Tenth is easy math. I mean, just drop a zero and, and you've pretty much got a tenth most of the time. It's easy math. But you know why I believe it's a tenth as in a percentage than an amount? For this reason, it makes it fair. 
Come on, as a percentage, it makes it fair because we are tithed a dime on every dollar. So whether you've got $3 or whether you've got 3000 come on, it's fair because you are tithed according to what? The percentage of the amount. It's not that you're required to give so much, but everyone gives proportionally with the amount. So that's perhaps one of the reasons. But you know what? If you were to look in the Word of God, any time the number 10 is represented... It represents a test. What we see from God's word is 10 represents a test. Let me show you what I mean by some examples from the word of God. Some you'll know and some you won't know, but there is a pattern. There's a pattern here. So even if you don't know it, just follow the pattern and just trust us with this, okay? How many plagues did God send to Egypt? 10, come on. He sent 10 Plagues. Really, it could be said it was ten times that God tested the heart of Pharaoh because that's what it was about. Ten times he tested the heart of Pharaoh. How many commandments did God give his children? Ten. Okay. How many days was Daniel tested in the book of Daniel, chapter one? Again, there's a pattern. Just follow with me with this, okay? How many times were Israel tested in the wilderness? Okay, in Matthew 25, how many virgins were tested? In Revelations 2 verse 10, how many days of testing were there in Revelations? 10. Notice the answer, 10, 10, 10. And as I said earlier, that number is associated with testing throughout the entirety of the Bible. And the tithe represents the ultimate heart test for every one of us as a believer. On Wednesday, we talked about the four conditions of the heart when it comes to giving, that we can have a selfish heart, we can have a grieving heart, we can have a generous heart, and we can have a grateful heart. And it's realizing this, that it's not a money thing. Kara said it today, it's a heart thing. It's about a heart that's given to God. And it's about never getting. Come on, I never give to get. Too many people say, well, God says he's going to give to me, so I'm just going to give so I can get. Come on, that should never be our motive behind what we give just to get. We should give just because we get a joy to give. And again, that's how I look at it. I look at it as a joy to be able to give, not a regret in my life. And incidentally, you need to be here on Wednesday nights. I'm telling you right now, you need to make a commitment to be here on Wednesday. Some of you kind of get lazy. Some of you uh, know I'm tired and I've been working hard. We feed you for free. You can come. Your kids can be taken care of. You can just come and relax. It's just really important. I don't think anyone here would go to a baseball game and just um, leave every other inning and keep coming back. And I think that's what's happening in a series. You're leaving in the second inning when you're not here on a Wednesday. And you're leaving in the fourth inning when you miss the next Wednesday and the sixth inning. Why? Because every service now, we're giving you so much truth. And you're coming in and saying, man, what just happened? I mean, what's going on? We want you to be clued in to what's going on. So please be with us on Wednesday. Who's going to make an effort to be with us Wednesday? Amen. Amen. We just took a picture of you all. So we're going to be coming out to find you. Amen. So does God reward? Yes, he does. Because what's the title of our message? It's a two-way test, always. But again, that should never be our motivation. And remember this, God knows the heart. He knows the heart of man, and that's where he starts and begins from. That's his launch pad of blessing. Amazingly, only one time in the entirety of the Scriptures, the Word of God, are we ever invited to test God. Just one time. Is man ever able to test God? And we read the scripture earlier, Malachi 3 verse 10. It says, bring all 
the tithe, the complete portion into the house, into the storehouse, the church, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Put me to the test. So what is our test? Our test is to bring. Come on, our test is to bring and his test is to respond. Are you with me? It's our test to bring And it's his test to respond. And remember who is asking us to test him is the God who never changes. A never changing God. And the next part is not a question. The next part of the verse is not a question. There's no question mark at the end. But it's contingent upon us doing the first part. And it's contingent upon us bringing. Because when we bring, God says what? Then I will open up. For you, come on, then I will open up to you the windows of heaven. When we do the natural, God says, watch me do the supernatural. Come on, I open up the windows of heaven and I pour out for you such blessings. Come on, say that with me. Such blessings that you will not be able to contain. So really, we call it a two-way test, but the reality is this. It's only one-sided because God's already done his part. Come on, I mean, God's got that covered. You don't have to worry about God. Don't worry about God. Have you ever woken up and worried about God? Don't worry about God. He's paying his bills fine. Come on, he, he's walking on streets of gold. Come on, he, he, he's, got, he's got his walls of his city that are built on 12 foundations and they're precious stones. Come on, the gates of this city, 150 feet tall, built of one pearl. God's, God's doing okay. God, God's all right. He, he, he's doing fine. You know, he hasn't gone through recession and neither should we as children of God. Come on, I choose not to be a part of that. I choose to be a part of God's economy and his blessing. And so really it's a one-sided test because he'll already do his part when we do ours. He's already got the provision. He's already got it made. He's just waiting for you and I to respond. So listen to me. Our willingness and obedience to test releases the blessings of God in our lives. Come on, our willingness and obedience to the test releases the blessings of God into our lives because he will never fail the test. God is incapable of failing. He's a God that never changes. And I'm telling you, 90% blessed goes a whole lot further than 100% that's unblessed. Come on, when you bring your tithe, God's going to redeem and multiply the rest. I don't know how it works. I wish I could figure it all out. But if I figured it out, I'd be God. And I don't want to be God. Come on, ever seen that show? What was it, Evan Almighty? Come on, he thought it would be cool to be God. He realized there's a whole lot more going on than just our lives. Come on, God, we would want to be God because we would want to change our lives. But everyone else is praying to the same God. And it's all about everyone else's lives too. It's not just about ours. If I was God, I would do this and I would do this. It's all about my comfort. But there's a lot of other people that are asking for their comfort too. Wouldn't be an easy thing. And he's a good God. And he's a God that never changes and he's got it taken care of. And I don't know how it works. I don't know how any, a lot of things of God really work. I don't understand why he should love me. I don't understand why he should forgive me. I don't understand why I deserve that. But yet he says I do and, and I can and therefore I believe that. I place my life in that. I don't have to understand everything to believe it. That's having faith. Come on, that's just trusting in God and knowing he's going to take care of it. But I know this much. I don't understand how it works, but I know it works. Come on, I said, I know it works. 
Because Kelly and I see it every month. We see it work as we give. God opens up the blessings and pours back. But this is why I believe it's so important because it's his instruction for us to do. And God rewards obedience. Quit questioning and just take the test. Come on, just jump in with both feet. Stop kind of testing the water, just seeing if it's... Just jump in. Just jump in and take the test and have faith in God's ability. I want to give you three reasons quickly why you should take the test. Are you ready? Three reasons why I believe that we should take the test of tithing and honoring God and putting Him first. Number one. Number one. And really, we should only give one. Because number one is this, because He tells us to. Come on, He tells us to. Why should we do it? Because He tells us to do it. He commands us. It's his pathway for blessing. We don't like that word command because we feel that we're forced into doing something. But when you understand the heart behind the command, you would realize it's not forcing us to do anything that's going to be harmful for us. But it's opening up opportunities of blessings that are beyond our wildest dreams. The blessings that he has for each one of us. And really that should be enough for us because it's not. But it's not, unfortunately. And you know why it's not enough? Because we allow our circumstances and situations to determine the response. Come on, don't we? We allow the circumstances and the situations to determine our response. Instead of our response determining our circumstances and situations. Come on, we've got it backwards. Well, I can't give because I've got this, this, and this. It's during those times that we need to turn around and say, I definitely need to give because I need God's blessing in my life greater than ever before. So what do I do? I let my what? I now let my response determine my circumstances and situations and not the other way around. If you're waiting for the world to tell you how to tithe, you will never tithe. If you're waiting for a great opportunity to tithe, there's no greater opportunity than today. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be things. you just got to jump in and you got to take that test and start being obedient today. Look what it says again in verse 9 of Malachi. It says, you are cursed with a curse. I don't like to read stuff like that. I don't like to hear stuff like that. Because you have robbed me. Listen, it's really simple. Are you ready? Here's how simple it is. If I tithe, I'm blessed. If I don't tithe, I'm cursed. Hmm, let me just think about that one for a moment, Pastor. Do I want to be blessed? I do want to be... Come on, it's a no-brainer. Come on, I said, that's a no-brainer. Come on, help me out. I said, that's a no-brainer. Come on, I must be preaching to a whole load of non-tithers in here because you're not giving me much response today. Come on, do I want to be blessed or do I want to be cursed? I mean, that's how simple it is. Come on, you can have the blessing of God, the supernatural blessing of God, or you can bring upon the consequences of disobedience to your life. That's how simple it is. But can you see his heart? What does he say? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me again. What? The ability to be able to pour into your life. And God doesn't just want to pour blessings of finance into your life. I think one of the smallest blessings perhaps that God has for your life is in the realm of finance. Because you put a price on health. Come on, you put a price on peace. 
You put a price on your kids being in the house serving God. Come on. You put a price on your whole family being saved and loving Jesus. You put a price on the joy and the thrill that you can have. Come on, don't limit God to a dollar sign. God is greater than that. Come on, he's all about your life. But look what the promises he gives in verse 11. I love it. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer. Come on, that's the devil. That's the enemy that wants to destroy your life. God says, I will rebuke him for you. Come on, not for someone else, but God says, I'll do it for you. Come on, this is good. Why should I do it? Because he says so, because he says he's going to rebuke the devourer, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall your vine fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Who? The God who never changes. God says to you, will I not do infinitely more than you could ever imagine? God wants to take care of your life. And that's why he instructs us to first honor him, to take a test so God can then bless us. Well, why can't God just bless me? Should I tell you why God doesn't just bless you? Because you would look at the blessings and forget him. Come on, you know you would. We have seen so many people, Rob and I talk about this. Rob is in the, um, the addiction ministry and seeing people set free. And, and we've talked about this how many times that people have come to church who are just battling bondages and God has set them free and they go out and they pray for a blessing and God gives them a job and the next thing they're never in church. They're never in church. They're working all the time. And there's nothing wrong with working, but there's something wrong with working when it's taking the time when you need to be in the house. And the enemy will take a blessing of God and turn it around. We know the Bible says that what Satan means for evil, God can turn it around for good. How many knows that the devil's dyslexic and he wants to twist and turn everything around? So therefore, what God means for a blessing, Satan can use as a curse in your life too. You've got to watch. And that's why the test that we have to do constantly, choosing to honor God first, that therefore what? We look to God, not to our finances and to our wealth and to our abilities, that we place our whole lives and trust in him. And that's why we need to take that test because we would forget God otherwise. And you may say, oh, no, I won't. Yeah, you would. Read how many times the children of Israel who had the presence of God that they saw in a cloud and fire every day, they saw the presence of God. They saw it with their own eyes. How many times they wandered away from God because they looked to everything else instead of God. Come on, testing our tithing reminds us each and every time what God, you're first. You're that which I have. And he's going to take care of our lives and everything we do. Number two, are you ready? It's biblical. It's biblical. Really, it's biblical is the same thing as God says so because everything God says is in His Word and it's biblical. It's Old Testament and New Testament. Come on, I want you to hear that. Tithing is Old Testament and New Testament. Many people believe it's just under the law, but we're going to show you in a few moments it was even before the law, and yes, it was during the law, And it is now also a part of grace. We are now in a time of grace. After Jesus died, he abolished, he fulfilled, he took care of the law for our lives, that we are now living in grace. And um, let me say that Jesus didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled the law. Let me correct myself with that, please. He, He fulfilled it. And grace never abolishes the principles of God because God is a God that never changes. Come on, if, if we're under grace right now, 
then I could go out and murder someone because murder was under the law. That's foolish. I could steal from people and take from people because that was under the law. No, grace still demands those things. And we're going to see something. Look at this. I want to show you the comparison, okay? Under the law, God says, don't murder. Okay, he says, you shall not murder, Exodus 20. That's what he says there. You do not murder. Notice what God now says under grace. Are you ready? God says under grace, he says, don't even be angry with your brother. Look at the scripture right there. It says, but I say to you, whoever's angry with his brother will cause him to be in danger of judgment. So what does it say? The law says don't murder. God says under grace, don't even be angry. How many would say that grace is a higher standard? Come on, let me give you one more. You ready? Under the law, Jesus says, do not commit adultery. Exodus 20, verse 14 and 14. You shall not commit adultery. You know what Jesus says under grace? Jesus says, even if you look at a woman lustfully, look at the scripture, but I say unto you, whosoever looks at a woman with lust has already committed So what do we see? What the law demands, grace demands more. Come on, there's a higher standard. In other words, are you ready? The righteousness that grace demands, and Jesus Christ is the grace of our lives, come on, goes further than anything that the law has ever demanded. So listen to me, are you ready? If you believe that tithing was under what? That we're not bound by that anymore because we're under grace and we're not under the law. I say praise God because you know what? That means you tithe more than 10%. Come on, because you're not under the law anymore. Grace is greater than that. So you must be tithing so much more. Can you see the foolishness that we have when we try to say, oh, this doesn't work now because it was just for then. This is a God who never changes. Never changes. Grace is a higher standard. Let me give you a couple of scriptures and just fly through this quickly. Abraham with Melchizedek. He was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. It says this in Genesis 14, 18 through 20. It says, Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. That's representing um, the, the communion that we have. He was the priest of the Most High. And he blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the God of the Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And notice the last part. And Abram is the thought. Abram gave... Him, Melchizedek, a type of Christ, he gave him a tenth of all that he had. Abraham gave a tenth of all that he had. You've got to understand this. That was 430 years before the law. 430 years. Genesis 28, 22. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, God, I will surely give a tenth to you. I will tithe to you. This is Jacob after he has slept and he saw the stairway of heaven and he saw the angels descending and ascending and God, the pillar he slept on and he dreamt that dream. He erected it. He set it up as a memorial and he said, as a result of this is a memorial and God, from this day forward, I'm going to give you a tenth. I'm going to tithe to you. You know, that's some 400 years before the law. Then God tells the children of Israel, if you're going to promise and prosper in the promised land, Leviticus 27.30, he says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. It is set apart to God. It is set apart unto God. It's holy. Our tithe is holy. We shouldn't use it for that which is unholy, but only giving it to God. 
And there are many more, but for the sake of time. But the Bible is full of situations of scriptures where it talks about tithing and the tenth and giving to God. But I want to give you one more, if I can, from the New Testament, written in red. What does it mean if it's written in red? Jesus has said it. So if Jesus says to you, you should tithe, would you do it? Okay, well, we're going to read that today, so there should be no question. Look at this, Matthew 23, 23. Jesus speaking, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. They are spices. He said, you, are, you pay your tithes on everything, even the spices. Like if you're putting salt or Tony's, come on, or slap your mama. You're even pushing a little bit of that aside and you're giving it to God. Come on, God likes spicy stuff too, amen? He says, you are so meticulous in how you tithe and give to God. And he goes on to say, Jesus speaking, remember the one who never changes. He says, but you have neglected the weightier matters of the law. He says, you have neglected justice, mercy, and faith. He says, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. These you ought to have done, what? Tithe, but not neglecting the others, justice, mercy, and faith. So Jesus is obviously scolding the Pharisees here. Come on, he's calling them hypocrites. He's, he's right in their case. He's pointing out to them that you are so meticulous about tithing, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law. But notice what he, again, Jesus, the God who never changes, he says, these, which he was referring to as their meticulous tithe, he says, these you ought to have done. He is saying tithing is what you ought to have done. You should have tithed and you're right for doing that, but not leaving the other things undone. In other words, Jesus is saying to them, yes, tithe of your increase, but also Do not fail to neglect the important issues of the heart, which is justice, mercy, and faith. What does that tell me? I'm telling you right now. It tells me that I should honor God with the test of my finance, but then I need to honor God with the choices and the decisions that I'm making constantly in my life too. So what we've just read there is Jesus enforcing tithing in the New Testament. He's validating its place in, in grace. He's saying, this you ought to have done. You ought to pay your tithes. That's right to do. But don't let it just stop there. Also, come on, tithe of your life. Give of your life. Give of everything and honor God. So there should be no question now. Come on, Jesus said we should do it. So why take the test? Number three, you ready? I'm almost done. Why take the test? Because of his great reward. Remember, we don't give to get, but we do get when we give. Because God is a rewarder of those who give to him. We read Malachi 3.11 that he says, I'll rebuke the devourer. That's good stuff right there. I like that. But you've got to remind yourself, tithing isn't a grim duty or a dry religious exercise or punishment. But it's an amazing opportunity that brings tremendous benefits to the tither. Come on, tithing is a tremendous opportunity for your life, for you and I, for blessing. And I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read a few passages of Scripture today. And and we're getting ready to close. And I know you may say, well, why do this? Because I want to end it right today. Because I want you to see the heart of God. Because God wants to bless your life. And God wants to touch you. And here's the decree of Hezekiah. In other words, what's happening, just in a nutshell, the children of Israel have wandered away from God. 
Hezekiah's realizing some things are wrong. Hezekiah is setting them back in order. And he says, come on, we're going to do this, this. And one of the things he realizes is that they've neglected in the tithe and given to God. And he realizes that's one of the most important things that they need to get in place so the blessing and favor of God would be upon their life. And notice what he says. We're going to read from Second Chronicles 31, verse 4 through 10. It says, Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in the abundance of their first fruit of grain and wine and oil and honey and of all the produce of the field. And they brought it in abundantly, the tithe of everything. That's the tithe, the first fruit, the tithe. We're going to talk more about that next week. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithes of the holy things that were consecrated to the Lord, their God. And they laid it in what? What? Heaps. Heaps. I mean heaps. They didn't have little buckets. They had heaps. Verse 7. In the third month, they began laying them in heaps and they finished in the seventh month. Think what's happening by the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered and said unto him, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, since they have been obedient with their tithes and giving, now what? They're not just tithing, they're now giving offerings because they've seen the blessings of God into the house of the Lord. We have had enough to eat and we have had plenty left. For the Lord has blessed his people and what is left? is this great abundance. Come on, when God's people began to tithe, there was a reformation that needed to take place. Hezekiah realized they were away from God. He says, you've got to get things back. And this is one of the things you need to set in order of obedience. God began to bless them even more. The more they were blessed, the larger the heaps grew, the larger their tithe was. So when the king comes and he sees all these lumps and the humps, he's asking himself, are the people okay? Here's what he's saying. I mean, are the people okay? I mean, how? I mean, how, are they broke? I mean, do they have anything at home? I mean, look how much they've given. There is no way with all of this that they have anything left over. Come on, he's now concerned for the people. I mean, what's going on? And the priest answers him and he says something to the king. He already paraphrased. He said, King, you need to understand something. Come on, I, I think if you get one thing from this message today, you need to understand something. Come on, you need to understand something today. The priest said, King, you've got to understand this. God has blessed them so much. And what you see is the tithe of the abundance that God has blessed them. Come on, if there was heaps there, think how much God had given back to them because the tithe was just a tenth of everything that God had blessed. And come on, you should get excited about things like this. Not because, wow, I'm going to get rich quick, but God knows what you have need of before you even ask. And if you'll take the test, he'll open up the windows of heaven and he'll pour out such blessings into your life. Because with the same measure of abundance, God can give to you, to your family and your future. If you will take the test, take the test. 
Think what could be accomplished if every believer, every child of God tithed. Think what could be happening in this house. Man, wouldn't it be great for Secure Corps to have an armored vehicle that they had to pull up every Sunday to take away all the money that God had blessed in this house with? I'm telling you right now, you don't have to worry the fact that we're going to misuse it. Come on, we're going to give it all away. We're going to sow it back into the kingdom of God because that's our heart. I want you to know as a church we tithe. Do you know we tithe 15% off every penny that comes into this church? We tithe over 15% every month out into other missions, into the community, into areas. Why? Because we practice what we teach to you as a church. Come on, as a church we tithe. Are you glad you're part of a tithing church? So what I'm saying is as the tithe increases, guess what? The reach increases because we can give Kristen Maddox and the Door of Hope more finance and more help. Come on, we can touch Nicaragua in a greater way. We can touch other areas and other ministries. Why? Because as we have, we can give to God and God will bless his house. Do you know that they took a survey last year and they determined this? 7% of Christians tithe consistently. 7%. 7%. That means 93% tip at most, God. Slip in a five bucks here, there, $10, and think that would do me fine. Hey, try that with your utility bills. Try just sending them five, ten dollars every month and see how that goes. Come on, you know what happens when you pay your bill at the beginning of the month? You don't have to worry your lights are going off for the rest of the month till the next bill comes around. Come on, come on, when you pay your tithes, when that test comes, come on, you can not have to worry about the rest of the month till the next test comes the next month or the next two weeks or the next week whenever you test. Why? Because God will redeem the rest when you put him first. That's shocking, 7%. Shocking. And I want to say right now, not in this house. Come on, that's not the culture that we're creating here. Come on, I want to see 100% tithers in this house. And I'm going to go on the record. 100% tithing, 100% miracles. Come on, I'm telling you right now. God works in accordance to our obedience to Him. And with what we give, God will give back. pressed down, shaking together and running over. One last quote and then I'm going to let you go. Tithing is a test. We've already established that. But notice this. Don't get distracted by the problem. See the answer. You see, we get distracted with the problem. Well, if I give that to God, then the problem is I won't have enough of this. I won't have... You know, for some of you, your lifestyle may have to change. In order to give your tithe, you maybe won't be able to go to the movies five times a week. Come on, you maybe won't go to Starbucks straight away all the time. Why? Because you're putting those things ahead of God. That's become your treasure and your heart's going to follow that. But when you put God first, you're never going to be disappointed. Come on, I said you're never going to. You see, tithing is a test, but don't get distracted by the figures of the problem. Come on, start seeing the answer. What's the answer, God? God, in every situation and in every part of your life, by you taking the test, God's going to prove himself in your life. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 
1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Master.